Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Greetings and happy Halloween! This week we're discussing Hollow by C.M. Nascosta. This book is... um, It includes a lot of erotic fiction, so there will be a lot of sexually explicit details in this episode. The story is divided into two novellas, so we'll start with the first, which is Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman, and then move into the second, which is Katrina Van Tassel and the Headless Horseman. I'll introduce our characters, and um, Vicky will talk about our plot, and then, like I said, we'll start with the first one and then move on to the second one. So, in Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman, we have Ichabod Crane, who is self-described as reedy and so thin that he can turn to the side and disappear. Ichabod is a schoolmaster in Sleepy Hollow, and he is tasked with getting rich folks to send their rich kids to his school. And then we have Brom Bones, who is a dull hand, a being that is able to exist without their head attached to the rest of their body. Brahm is a local star and golden boy in Sleepy Hollow and a former professional polo player. This book is set in Sleepy Hollow, but seems to be set in modern times. And in this world, non-human folks like Dullahan's exist freely in society. All right. So in the first novella, we meet Ichabod Crane. And in this version of the story, there are horsemen who are dual hands and can remove their own heads. Ichabod is a new teacher in Sleepy Hollow and wants to woo Katrina Van Tassel. However, when he spies Brom Bones and another horseman giving themselves oral, his fantasies change. (laughs) What will happen? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Who I don't. Guess? <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, I guess. Spoilers? Spoilers ahead, yeah. I guess, you know. Uh-huh. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Lots of puns in this. <laughs> yes, expect it. Expect it to be a ride. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love Halloween. I'm glad we chose this book. <laughs> It was a good one. A good yeah. one. Um, there are so many kinks in this story. So we have uh, voyeurism. We also have some humiliation play. We have group sex, anal, and I guess some exhibitionism. Uh, they have sex in a locker room, which is a pretty public place for sex. So I take that as being exhibitionism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the author squeezed a lot into 45 pages. Yeah, she did. Pretty she quick. Did a too. really good job. <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of, you like, there was a lot. lot. Yeah, a lot. I mean, it starts off like as a lot. The first line, the opening line in the story, let me know immediately that like I was in for a good time. It says, uh-huh. Ichabod Crane was no stranger to the sound of a sloppy blowjob. <laughs> I 
I highlighted that and I put fantastic start <laughs> as my notes. And yes. he goes on like there's like a good page just talking about blowjobs. Yes. He devotes a lot of descriptive. <laughs> and the descriptions are so funny too. They are great. I laugh out loud. I don't know that I've ever read a story with smut that was so like arousing and amusing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, yeah, there were definitely times where I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like it made me laugh. Like all those Philly references mm-hmm. and sausage. Oh, yes. Yeah, so many horse references. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a pretty great start. Um, I let's see. I don't know why, but like when I picture Brom Bones, I I picture Gaston mm-hmm. in every story. Every time he, he comes up, like I bet he uses antlers and all of his decorating probably yeah i had the same thought too he's very guest on uh he's off guest on vibes guest on vibes for sure um ichabod talks about his thick thighs straining against his pants and how muscular he is <laughs> thick broad shoulders you know so you you're not a you're not a fan of ichabod crane oh not really i feel like every time he's represented he's kind of a snotty turd you yeah. know He's running away from something, but he's like very uppity, and um, I just don't generally like him as a character. And normally, I don't really appreciate humiliation plays. That's just not really my jam. But I didn't mind it when Brom did it to Ichabod in the story. I feel like Ichabod could stand to be humiliated a little bit. Mm-hmm. He definitely gave off this "I'm better than people" vibe, you know. Yeah. There was a one quote in it where it was like, um, oh, wives whose husbands spend more time on, you know, like the golf course or whatever, um, are the most voracious uh yeah. low job givers. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. But something like that. Yeah. Yes. And did not appreciate the way that he talks about like no. the local towns when been mom it's hard give him a break <laughs> well i guess he did try to give him a break with his penis yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you played ichabod crane i did in a school play when i was in lower school i was ichabod crane it was nothing like this thankfully it um, wasn't no it wasn't um what a shock <laughs> Yep, no no humiliation play um in my school play. But yeah. Um I played Ichabod Crane and um pretty much the only thing I really remember about it is that I missed my cue when Brom was talking about killing me. Oh. So were you scorned? Did the school children scorn you to shun you afterwards? Yep. Well, what happened was I t- I just missed it so much that somebody <clears throat> shoved me, right? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> to go, because I was supposed to be, like, walking by and, like, look horrified that, you know, Brahm's trying to, ki- like, talking about killing me. <laughs> and I miss it, and somebody just, like, shoves me, so I, like, stumble onto <laughs> So bad. Oh, anyway, no. theater was not my calling, <laughs> clearly. 
<laughs> I oh my god, dear. At age. <laughs> well, you know, we all have our strengths mm-hmm. and our weaknesses mm-hmm. and the things that we're not great at. It's good to figure it out <laughs> when you're young, I guess. Yes. Oh, that's your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the start of the story, so Ichabod Crane, no stranger to the sound of a boat, sloppy boat, blowjob. He's at his like gym. He walks into the locker room and instead of hearing that sound and thinking, oh, maybe I should leave, he does not. He uh, seeks out the sound of the sloppy blowjob and discovers Brom Bones and his companion, who we don't get a name for, sucking their own cocks with their removable heads. And Ichabod, the lawyer that he is, sticks around to watch the show. What a scene. I have so many questions, though. Like, it's not yeah. so I, I I have a decent amount of questions about this. <laughs> and they don't yeah. get answered. <clears throat> no. Um, clearly. Um, yeah. So Ichabod in it mentions, like, how they can feel their own orgasm or whatever like if it's just a phantom like how much do they feel of like the you know throat fucking versus how much (laughs) do they feel of you know their orgasm i guess they don't gag i didn't feel like that would have been mentioned i guess not it doesn't either that or they've trained their throats from all the blowjobs they've given themselves yeah and they don't have a gag reflex yeah. I just saw that we've talked about throat training before. I just saw something again this week about throat training. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm also very curious about whether or not they have gag reflexes. And do they swallow? Where does like, it can go? they swallow? Right. Where would it go? Well, they don't. They don't swallow their own cum. Yeah. It says. I hate the way that this is described, just because, uh, cum, freaks me out, but. He talks about there being a deluge of cum gushing from Brahms' mouth. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, the you know, yeah. Uh, I don't love it, but I guess they they don't swallow because they can't. Yeah, which makes me wonder: like, can they? Is their head detached from their bodies all the time? I know, like, when they put it back on their head, does it, like, kind of, like, stitch back up almost, you know? And then they can just remove yes. it when they want? I don't I don't know. Is it, like, magnetized? How does this work? Because mm-hmm. they have to eat. Yeah. To be big and strong. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotta maintain those thick, muscular thighs <laughs> with some protein, so... Probably drink eggs, right? Raw eggs. <laughs> like, oh yes, definitely drinks eggs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I just, I have, I have some questions too. Yeah. Um. I also think it would be like terrifically inconvenient, or terrifically convenient to be able to blow yourself. See, I was thinking too, I like, because I mean, there's always like. I've seen, like, jokes about it, how, like, men try to, like, blow themselves, right? Um, Yeah. Like, and I'm like, man, they were probably, like, they probably hit puberty and would just immediately went to that. Like, I bet. 
Yeah. Um, so, because when you said throat, throat training, I was like, they've probably been doing it. <laughs> like We knew someone who could do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, we totally did know someone who could do that. So I, I bet that you're right. Mm -hmm. But like, I just think that this would be, if you have, I don't know. So this prompted me to ask some other people if they had a removable head, removable head, would they perform sex acts on themselves? And I got mixed responses. And I got, I got to that part and I was like, oh, that's the, that's why she sent me that text. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think that I would. But I also think that the competing feedback would be weird, right? Because you would have the awareness that you were, I don't know, performing something to yourself. So you feel it like in your mouth, but also in your genitals or wherever at the same. I don't know. I, I do feel like that would be a lot of feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I probably wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I got some good responses. I had some people who said like, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> and then I texted, um, well, I asked for Ian. He said, no, that's a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I didn't even question it when you sent me that text. though. I was just like, yeah. I know. That was my favorite part. Like you could tell such a difference between like who are my friends that read or know that I read fantasy and who are my friends that are like, nah, this is weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> it was pretty funny. So Ichabod is this now becomes sort of like his fantasy, right? After seeing yes. you know, stuff that happened. He can't relinquish the thought of brom bones and his muscular thighs fucking his own face yep so he, he goes back uh-huh he goes back <clears throat> he does um and that time he finds them having sex right yes yes that's the second time yeah he finds them having like sex does he talk about ball slapping a lot. He talks feel... about ball slapping a lot. Yeah, he does, right? That was it that happens in the other novella too, I think. Um mm -hmm. Brawl has um anal sex with again his unnamed friend. Mm -hmm. Um and it is a really hot but it, it is a wild scene because it's so aggressive. <laughs> it's really aggressive. I mean, I guess what do you expect? Is, it's gotta right. <laughs> Those powerful glutes just mm -hmm. driving his hips forward as he penetrates his friend. I love male male sex scenes. I think that this is great. I really enjoyed it. But um, I, there is this one sentence that made me just, I laughed because um, it's, so Ichabod says, from behind, Brom Bones, so uh, he, he thinks about or fantasizes about um, Brom mm -hmm. uh, fucking him and so he says from behind Brom Bones would stretch him to bursting his fat anaconda battering Ichabod's prostate in a way that liquefied his innards and from the front the headless brute would would be swallowing him sucking his cock so deeply that his tongue would tickle Ichabod's swinging sack <laughs> 
Oh, the descriptions, it's just. The descriptions in this story are so good. I love this author. The way that she uses words to tell the story, it is brilliant. Like, like I said, like this, this scene is very hot, but the words are also hilarious. I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sec- the descriptions are just so good. Um, so I think um, what Ichabod has a um, it's kind of like a flashlight. It sounds like yeah, it's it- a stroker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A penile masturbation device. Yeah, it's a stroker. Okay. He makes good use of that. He does. I really appreciated this being mentioned. Uh because I don't I don't think I've seen before a person with a penis describe using a masturbation tool. You know, we've read uh, tons of books where the female characters have like vibrators and dildos and things like that. Um, but I don't think, and we've read books where men masturbate as well, but I don't think I've read a book where the male character has some type of masturbation device. And I really love seeing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to think about that too. I don't, I don't think I've, I think that's first for me too. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that before. So awesome. I like it. All kinds of devices out there. I'm surprised we didn't get a mention of a butt plug. I feel like that would have been a good one too. Right? I thought, yeah, like if he had used the butt plug and the um uh oh my gosh. Stroker. I stroker. I wanted to call it stretcher, but that was not Stretching. right. <laughs> nope, that's something else. Yeah, no, nope, that's something else. <laughs> then that's kind of like his fantasy, right? So he's got yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, I was I thought that was coming, but it <laughs> was not <laughs> um it wasn't coming but Ichabod did yeah <laughs> I think it takes real skill to write funny smut oh yeah definitely that's still good I mean it's not like it's funny it's not like a Chuck Tingle book right right yeah it's so funny yeah and I guess technically it's not but it's ridiculous mm-hmm. this is not that it's still good and it's still smart, but it is hysterical. Yeah. Um, so there's another character that's just a re- she's a character that's in the actual mm-hmm. story, right? Christina mm-hmm. von Tassel, right? Yeah, Katrina. Katrina. Um, and <laughs> there's a great scene in this. So, um, because Ichabod and Brahm are kind of like competing for her because she's rich you know um and he finds her having sex with brahm and using brahm's head though as well um for oral so he's licking her and fucking her at the same time and i was like that would be helpful (laughs) yeah i mean that'd be a dream Mm mm-hmm it would be, it'd be great. Yeah. I think it's interesting because uh, Ichabod is so disappointed and like insecure in this scene. Mm-hmm. He feels like, well, it can't compare to that. And it's like, well, I mean, really, you can't though. I would have performance anxiety too. Yeah. I don't know what you could possibly do after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I mean, how do you stack up? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh. Uh, that was a good scene. And I wasn't expecting that because it was like male male, so I wasn't really expecting there to be like a male female scene. Um no. on it because I don't know, hadn't come up before. I guess. Yep. Again, with the exhibitionism though, they're on like a picnic or something. They're outside by their stables. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he just like stumbles upon it. Yep. Yeah. And Ichabod just creeping around happily. I mean, he just stumbles across a lot of like this town is dirty. Yeah, I mean, not dirty. They're they're with it. Mm -hmm. They're just um very open. Maybe you know, very very open to themselves as sexual people. Um, I do think it is so. This again with, with. um, Ichabod's I don't know hilarious wording he says Ichabod Crane was no stranger to the sound of a woman enjoying her pussy being licked <laughs> after all he had gotten his nose wet on the job on oh, one God, occasion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I liked about it is that the <laughs> There's no real like, oh my gosh, it's like bolt like it's just it just is, right? So Brahm is with a girl, um, and Brahm is with a guy, and um Ichabod yeah. is attracted to men and women, right? Yeah. Yeah. Feel, uh yeah, just good representation, I guess. For an yeah, erotic it's, novel it's like that. Representation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Got it, got it, got got them both there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also refers to his penis as an artisanal summer sausage. Yes, I highlighted that. I I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Like, I love that it's artisanal too. It's not just sausage. It's it's fancy sausage. It's a regular one. Yes. Yeah. That's fancy. (laughs) Fancy sausage. Mm -hmm. It's artisanal. Mm-hmm. Ichabod gets caught, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess you can only spy on people having the same person really having sex so many times before they confront you about it. And yeah. so Brom does. He confronts Ichabod and he says, Look, uh, I challenge you to this game that you like to play racquetball. And if I win, I get to fuck you. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, what and Ichabod, who's uh-huh. bad at sports, agrees. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, so if Ichabod wins, right? Brom says, like, well, I'll still fuck you, but I'll also give you head at the same time, basically. Win win. Yeah. Doesn't really matter if you win or lose. Win, yeah, You're yeah. going to have a good time. <laughs> yes, you will be penetrated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and Ichabod, who is terrible at sports, loses. Mm-hmm. And is like, why did I agree to a sports challenge? <laughs> Right, he should have be my thought. <laughs> yeah, he said he should have um challenged him to like a poetry contest or something. Yeah, <laughs> yes, reading sonnets. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, um, and so you know, Ichabod loses mm-hmm. and gets fucked, as one does. As one does in the locker room. Mm-hmm. 
there are so many horse references in this scene. It's so great. It is great. He says, um, Brahm says to Ichabod, I'm going to open you nice and slow before I ride you like a filly. <laughs> if someone said this to me, it would just be laughter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like maybe a fake nay sound. You know? <laughs> oh, giddy <Well>, up. <laughs> there you go. Get to it, giddy up. Um, giddy up. <laughs> I think there's a reference to break, like breaking him into, like how you break in horses, right? Yeah, there's a reference. Yes, when he he calls Brahms cock a horse cock several times and refers to him as a horseman, mm-hmm. which then made me think, does he actually have a horse cock? Because I'm, I know he doesn't. Oh, you mean like a literal horse cock? Yes, because it was described that way like a lot, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh. And then I was going with, I'm just gonna say no because it's also described like kind of like a normal cock too, but it's just called horse cock yeah. sometimes. So I started going, well, they're horsemen, so maybe I yeah. missed something here. I think it's like a regular. I think it's a yeah. human style penis just really big just very it's a large one yeah yeah and he also says because they're uh the headless their headless Brahms headless friend joins them yes um and they run a train on Ichabod he says the horsemen were each fucking meat with a mad fervor now whipping their steeds with echoing slaps to the asses they were buried within (laughs) uh just like the drama of the wording i loved how she you know because the the original sleepy hollow story is pretty dramatic right i feel like i heard um the story read aloud and there's a lot of drama and obviously in the movie with johnny depp it's a lot of drama i love how she still evokes that kind of imagery headless men fucking each other in a locker room in a racquetball club the writing is kind of reminiscent of how like the original was written you know it just yeah. with a lot dirtier and in modern times i keep saying dirty but you know naughty a lot naughtier i guess a lot more explicit a lot more explicit there you go yeah. um again we see a little bit of humiliation play with ichabod first of all Brahm says, um, he calls his penis small, I think. Tell me how you like this little dick stimulated or something, little cock. (laughs) Yeah, he has him uh, get on his knees and suck his cock. Yep. He needed to be taken down a notch or two. Yeah, he did. He, um, when Ichabod, so when they're still in like their um, standing uh, did do we actually call it a train? Is it a train formation? I don't know. Um, Ichabod is receiving from Brom. Brom is receiving from his friend. Ichabod asks Brom. Well, he doesn't really ask. He says, "Like, let me fuck your face, basically." And Brom is like, "If you drop my head, I will break your back." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that, like, when he gets into the shower, he takes his head off, though. Yeah, like, why? I mean, it would be useful on non-hair washing days, I guess, to be able to do that. Oh, my gosh, you're right. (laughs) How great would that be? Yeah. (laughs) Other uses for this. Other perks. Yeah. Having a detachable head. Yeah. Uh, Or, like, if you had kids and you needed to keep an eye on them and do stuff at the same time, like, you could just leave your head in the living room or wherever your kids are and then go do chores with your body. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah I don't know why I went there I don't have kids that's not something <laughs> that I think about but yeah that's a good point I mean you could like sit and read mm-hmm. like put your head somewhere with your kindle although I guess that turning the pages would get complicated but yeah <clears throat> I mean you could watch a movie and then do chores with your body at the same time I don't know know. there are probably lots of other perks so I just can't think of it now yeah Yeah. oh I'm sure I'm sure um yeah so Ichabod is allowed to fuck Brahm's face which he does successfully um and then we get like a spit roast with Ichabod receiving in his anus in his mouth and he seems to have some shame about it he says the fire over which he was spit roasted was that of his own hubris and he had no one to blame but himself I thought it was great he makes a comment about how if you hear a cock being sucked and it's not your own, you just need to keep walking. <laughs> I feel like that's what most people would do in general. <laughs> so I, you know, I, not that, you know, where is isn't the kink cool, but I feel like, you know, like people without that kink, I, I feel like a lot of people just be like, oh, and turn around you know i'll just see myself out (laughs) not today don't want to hear that um but speak about saying (laughs) um yeah and i guess that's basically the end of the story right is that how that ends you're going to get a nice double cream filling like one of those fancy little cakes how does that sound professor <laughs> uh, i don't like that description though either the cream pie description mm. well yeah um i think ichabod like leaves the locker room pleasured but humiliated mm-hmm. but he had a good time so maybe conflicted he says um, the Dullahans were obnoxious and boastful, crude and contemptible but Ichabod Crane was beginning to think that no head was far better than one (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness this was such an entertaining read (laughs) it was so great I enjoyed it so much Mm -hmm. um 
I just never thought that like this kind of story, erotic sleepy hollow fantasy, um, smut would be like a story that I would ever find. So I actually read one before. It was called Jack by Siggy Shade. Mm. That's who wrote the Morningwood Tree. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she has one, um, Jack, and it's about the Headless Horseman, though it uh, gets a little violent. Really, yeah. really aggressive, maybe, is just the term for it. Like the sex or the yeah, story? Yeah, the sex. And then there's also oh. pony play. There's what? Pony play? Oh, Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've read that in this story before. I, I've only read it in that story, and I'm fine with that. Okay, <laughs> I have no problem not reading <clears throat> it again. Not reading. Um, well, they also wrote the Morningwood Tree, and I, I think that that would be if we're ever looking for. Maybe we can do it next year. Like mm-hmm. if we're looking to do another spooky mm-hmm. monster, um, because it, it is also violent, but but it's because the tree is murdering people. The uh, sex isn't violent. Okay. Yeah, I, she's wrote a bunch of those types of books. I think she wrote one about, like, Bigfoot, too. Uh, I didn't read it. I, th- I think I've only read her her Jack one. And that's just... It was well-written. It was just, you know. He was much more the violent horseman than he was, you know, I think, uh, a lover. I suppose, if that makes mm. sense. Do you have any quotes from? No, I feel like I said all my favorite quotes. Yeah, I, I don't have a quote either on this one. So, you can move along to the next one, or is there more you want to say? Oh, this is fine. Okay, I'm good. <clears throat> awesome. Okay, so the next novella in. This this book is called Katrina Van Tassel and the Headless Horseman. So for characters, we have Katrina Van Tassel. She is a teacher instructing girls in how to read and write. She's lived a nomadic life really since her father died. And she is determined not to marry or be tied down and is sexually liberated. Katrina has always been able to see and interact with ghosts. We have Brom Bones. He's the town's golden boy and local trickster. Brom Brom enjoys tumbling the local ladies with his giant cock, uh, but he has a rougher touch, doesn't perform oral, and apparently can't figure out a clitoris, or just doesn't care. Probably just doesn't care. And then we have the horseman. He's a ghost who rides a horse and uh, killed people looking for his head, which he lost. It was blown off by a cannon. Uh, he's German, and he is desperately seeking love and the perfect match to attach to the perfect head to attach to his body. He's got a firm but gentle touch and knows how to bring a woman to orgasm. This story is also set in Sleepy Hollow, but in the past, we don't have an exact date, but the Seven Years' War is mentioned, so maybe like late 1700s, early 1800s, thereabouts. Yeah. There's no cars, people ride horses places. 
In this novella, we have a bit of switch on the characters, so Ichabod isn't a character in the story. Instead, Katrina is a teacher who goes from town to town teaching girls to read. She also has the ability to see the dead. She makes her way to Sleepy Hollow to begin anew. She quickly catches the attention of Brom Bones, town hero, sort of. However, she's not being in a relationship with him, although she does find him sexually appealing, and they have sort of a fuck-buddy dynamic. As fall comes around, she hears the story of the Headless Horseman. Rumor is his head was shot off by a cannonball, and he now searches for his head every Halloween season, which results in people being beheaded. Katrina ends up meeting him one night. At first, she's spooked, but soon they start a routine of him escorting her to the churchyard while she talks to him. It doesn't take long for her to start desiring him physically. When she notices some similarities between the Headless Horseman and Brom Bones, she realizes she may be able to help him find his head so they can live happily ever after. Is she successful? We'll find out. Mm. I really liked Katrina Van Tassel. Her whole message was to teach girls to read and write so they can have some independence over their lives and they're not just subjugated to their husbands. And She um, says literate women are dangerous and for some reason I felt like this applies now. Like, patriarchy is scared of women who can think critically. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I liked the um, switch in this because normally Katrina is just, like, the girl to be one, you know? She's the rich girl who needs to be wooed and married and to. Stuff. Yeah. So, females. right. So I, I liked the switch where she was a teacher and was embraced her sexuality and was... was she didn't want to be seen as a witch, though. She said that she got ran, no. ran out of town for other towns for it. Well, you know, they were killing them for that, so. Right, yes. That's, I don't, she had a good reason to run. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a great reason to, mm-hmm. to yeah. run. I saw this really great quote the other day. It was like, why are we taught to fear witches and not the people who burn them? Yeah, right? You're scared of the mm-hmm. witches, but not the people who burn other people alive? Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, that's the government. <laughs> Especially right now. Yep. Um. Especially with the new House Speaker that they just elected. <sighs> elected? Yeah. Um, also, not surprised at all that the men who kicked up the biggest fuss about her teaching girls to read were the assholes who were the handiest in town and pushed her into performing sex acts on them. Men are gross. Mm-hmm. She brings up several times that she learned like she read about the greeks and stuff and learned how to make men come really quickly mm-hmm. what did she read like i'm curious what these techniques are i guess it's, you know so a couple of times she uh puts pressure at their perineum so she stimulates their prostate basically oh okay that's what she yeah did. and and i guess maybe some really good hand job techniques mm-hmm. but yeah Part of it's just stimulating their prostate. 
That's right. Yes. Yeah. It's always the women who, if they want to read, then they learn licentious things and they, they get dangerous and like. Mm -hmm. But when men read, they don't have that issue. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Never the men. It's never the men. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. So. So Katrina, you know, she does her thing as her teacher, like as a teacher, um, having sex with Brom when she feels like it, you know, just living life. And she takes a job doing like private lessons with a, a family who has um, a lot of property and wealth. And the husband hires her in anticipation of his death so that she can teach his girls how to read and write so they don't get taken advantage of after he dies and the men around come sniffing to um, try to get them to get married so they can take their land basically mm -hmm. and at night she has to ride back through this area that is reportedly haunted by a horseman and so um, I just think that Katrina's relationship with the horseman is super interesting because initially when she encounters him she runs and he chases her mm -hmm. and so like i wonder if he takes female heads or if he just spell spares females knowing that they won't be a fit for him yeah i don't know like I, usually men that die yeah i don't remember any well in this or in the like story um but again that was a long time ago that i read it um yeah. It was mainly men who were murdered. I don't think I can't remember any women who were uh, beheaded. But maybe he just likes to chase. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. He just gets excited, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting that he has this evil laugh without having a head. What part of him is laughing? Right. Where is it coming from? <clears throat> and it's like loud really loud yeah how are we doing this magic obviously the rules don't have to make sense i guess but it's just like huh. anyway the horseman becomes her companion on her nightly excursions she eventually starts like telling him about her life and her her past and stuff like that and he grows more corporeal each time they meet each other and I just felt like it was really bizarre and romantic. Like the idea of falling in love with a headless ghost that becomes more solid each time you see them, but will disappear after Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was uh, like, so this was a novella, but it, I think it's like a hundred or so pages. So it's longer than the first one. Yeah. Um, but managed to actually make it kind of romantic there yeah. you know um so that was impressive <clears throat> she managed to do that and keep it erotic <clears throat> yeah um there i don't know the the desire that she has for him despite him not having a head and just being like a stump you know looks aren't everything you no know, clearly and apparently personality yeah. <laughs> does he have a great sense of humor we don't know who knows but that gentle touch that yeah. firm but gentle touch 
Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, no. So Katrina's uh, desire for the horsemen builds over the time that they spend together. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and one night she's so overcome by her desire for him that when she gets back to her house that she's staying at, she goes into um, the, the owner's, it's called like a sugar shack or sugar something, sugar house. It's a sugar house. Um, and she uh, masturbates with a vintage dildo, which I, so she found a wooden handle, which at first I was really concerned about, but she dips it in wax to give it a smooth finish. Mm -hmm. um, because, and I love that because I was so worried about splinters. Um, and so this whole just this whole scene is really wild to me because it's really hot, but at the same time, it's just I mean, there's it's a lot. She's like aggressively masturbating to the sound. She can hear the head, the horseman in the distance, like doing his maniacal laugh. The sound of someone being murdered, and she's fantasizing about, um being railed from behind while bent over his grave like his grave marker <laughs> which is just such a really you know that's a unique fantasy <laughs> that's it is I didn't know what to feel like it was really hot I found it arousing but at the same time I'm like I would never go she talks about like him pushing her down in the dirt in the middle of town like I would never go for that no <clears throat> yeah i've fun. never looked at a grave and thought wow i wish somebody would bid me over that i've never had that thought <laughs> but i watched buffy <sighs> and one of the characters like lived in a graveyard in a crypt <laughs> at some point <laughs> so and i think they do hook up in the crypt yeah they definitely hook up in the crypt i'm oh, trying wow. to think if they hook up like in the actual yeah they do they there's at least like a makeout scene in the act like an intense makeout scene in the actual um like in the actual graveyard so i wasn't like oh my gosh graveyard sex or anything i was like yeah you know <laughs> you know sometimes you get railed over a graveyard like a headstone mm-hmm happens especially if that's yeah. where you hang out a lot yeah there you go mm -hmm. <laughs> especially if that's where you hang out a lot yeah all time. <laughs> just standard tuesday for me you know <laughs> just me and my headless boyfriend <laughs> oh my gosh we found an open grave the other night and got really wild he pushed my hands into the dirt and it was intense um, the scene with the vintage dildo, it reminded me of the, the ancient sex tool that they found that was discovered recently and then reclassified as a sex tool because they assumed initially that it was like for a darn, it was a darning tool, like for clothes. I know Did what you're talking about. I, that does not like a penis. Like that. Why would they go? Oh, it that has a darning like socks. What? Like, why is history so asexual? I don't know. Gosh, it's because it's dominated by 
men we're aromantic like why why oh this belonged to a woman it must be used for darning socks nothing else no women didn't have sex no they don't have self-pleasure no Mm -mm. so the people in the town seem to in sleepy hollow they seem to enjoy their ghost stories right they seem to embrace this like spookiness about them um which i like i like that i like they like bonfires and they go around telling spooky stories it's pretty cool mm-hmm. um that'd be fun yeah. um but that also means that they don't seem to be super horrified when people start showing up beheaded yeah yeah that was strange yeah i feel like beheading is really extreme Mm-hmm. And and nobody's bothered. They no. just assume the guy is like getting payback for being like a philanderer and messing around with somebody else's wife. Like, what? <laughs> I feel like it's way more rational just to stab somebody. You know? know. Like if you're not like a mythical being you know like a headless horseman or something trying to he has an axe easy to chop right it's probably super sharp and stuff and special and can do it one swipe but i feel like the average person probably like it's probably a lot of effort yeah to behead someone you know yeah i mean you would have to incapacitate them first right mm-hmm. and then cut their head off like that's a lot Mm-hmm. I mean, and really, if we want to look at like the prowess of the head, the horse, the headless horseman, like it's pretty impressive. He's riding a horse, chasing down other people that are on horses, swinging around an axe and hitting them, like cutting their heads off while they're in motion. The precision, you know, the skill. Yeah. yeah. And he always manages, he gets it at the neck, right? Instead of, you know, Sometimes yeah. like through the face or something. Cause I feel like that would that's something easy that would happen in that situation. You swing it and you end up taking off like <laughs> only the top part of the head or something <laughs> the whole thing. Well shit, I can't use this one. Right. <laughs> I just thought about like, you know, when he first became horseman and was like <laughs> learning how to do it or something. There was a learning curve. Oh yeah, definitely. His first couple of Halloweens, he uh didn't even come close (laughs) yeah and i mean maybe that's the reflection of what we're seeing here people are like wow you know this is a lot cleaner than it used to be probably not the same guy oh there you go that's it the other ones were messier yeah still seems like an extreme response to a punishment i I think these people are way too chill about it (laughs) yes so in an effort to reduce uh murders around town you know katrina starts having sex with the horseman and views it as like a public service to the town like she's doing them a favor she's doing them a solid by riding this guy all night so he doesn't ride his horse Mm -hmm. she says at one point the entire valley owes her a debt yes she's really suffering there yes she's she really took one for the team you know 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was really funny. Like I'm doing y'all a favor. Mm. The sex scenes between them were so good. Mm -hmm. They were very descriptive. Mm -hmm. And then also, despite being a ghost for an ambiguous amount of years and presumably not having sex for that amount of time, the horseman doesn't jump just straight to penis and vagina sex. He starts with manual sex. He ensures that she has an orgasm. She comes first. And she's never had that when she's been with a male partner before, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if he, in other years before he had, you know, somebody to have sex with, if he would masturbate a bunch when he became corporeal. <laughs> like, could you imagine you have like, you know, only a couple weeks out of the I year? I think it's something. solid for the next three weeks. I'm going to take <laughs> advantage of this. <laughs> you know, there's probably a lot of downtime between be like the people that he's chasing down on this bridge. So mm -hmm. you got to fill the time some way. <gasps> mm -hmm. <clears throat> there you go. Well, I guess I might as well. <laughs> it's going to disappear again when the sun comes up. <laughs> right? Only have a couple hours and a couple weeks. Yeah. I'm not going to. Can you imagine how frustrating it would be too? like just waiting for <laughs> your dick finally is solid enough to masturbate with? Because he's like, <clears throat> she describes him as being like dust motes. Like she can put her hand through him up until a certain point. Can you like just the timeline, just waiting like is it today? I wonder, do ghosts have actual semen? Good question. Because she Wait. doesn't ever actually say. Yeah. Huh. I would imagine, even if they did have semen, that it probably can't uh, get her pregnant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, his swimmers would be dead for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah um so there are a lot of she spends um some time comparing brahm to the horseman mm -hmm. right um they're similar build they have a similar dick <laughs> <sighs> you know it's just that brahm's kind of more a jerk um, yeah you know so Katrina finds out that Brom is the illegitimate child of some like random royal soldier, I guess, right? Yeah. Um and she puts like two and two together um and realizes, I believe, that the headless horseman is Brom's father. Yeah. So, That's kind of what I got from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although that leaves me with some questions. Like, did he know he had a kid? And how does he feel about beheading his own child and using his head? I mean, I guess he feels okay about it because that's what he does. I mean, I know, but does he know it's his kid? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I was, 
you know, I mean, if he looks at, well, he doesn't have eyes, does he? He'll no. never know. He can't look at the guy and say, well, this is my child. Mm -hmm. Do we have an ethical dilemma here? Mm -hmm. Or a moral dilemma, maybe? Yeah. Well, he doesn't seem to really mind. At least in this book, if whether or not he knows, we don't know. But he goes right ahead, chops off Rom's head. Yeah. Katrina. I, I think she was really smart. She spent like a whole year planning for this. I know. Like having sex with Brom Bones, like getting him to get closer to her, planning to sacrifice him the whole time to the horseman. And I like, well, I don't like, but he's such a jerk to her near the end. I don't even like you. You have a terrible personality. I don't like the way it sounds when you talk. I don't like your voice. Yeah. And she's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's go. Let's go so I can get you beheaded here. Yeah. Oh, and finally, he's like, what witchcraft did you use on me to make this happen? And it's like, yeah, no, don't take uh, any accountability for your own actions. It's definitely her fault. Mm -hmm. It's that magic pussy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was a, I mean, he was a jerk the whole time. Mm -hmm. They had sex with each other for a year and he never performed oral on her. She never oh. had an, he never performed oral for her. He, they, I mean, he was he was a jerk the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, so she leads Brom to the horseman, and she's like, "I got you ahead. Go get it." <laughs> and they come back, mm -hmm. but don't make a mess. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to think I did it. Yeah, <clears throat> even though I totally did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he gets his head. Mm -hmm. And is like just very immediately enthusiastic about having a mouth again. I would, I, I mean, I, I would think so. Yeah. Yep. After yeah. however many years. I mean, I feel like my first action would be to say some words. Yes. Just go straight to like oral sex. Yeah. There was no even like a hello. Wait, does he even have a name? Hi, my name is, well, it would be in German. He wouldn't say hi. I don't know what, how you say hi, my name is in German, but he's German because he does finally say a sentence in German. Yes, he does. I, um, so Kindle will automatically translate it for you if you highlight it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's translated a little bit later in the book, but she says that he says, oh, I'm going to fuck you like over and over again. Yeah. But the actual translation is, I don't know, a little more romantic, I guess. It's like, I'm going to fuck you, my darling, over and over again. So it's my darling part. Yeah, you know, you have my darling in it. And it's like, aw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wonder how they're like gonna communicate. Does she know no, she doesn't know I mean, she's a teacher. Maybe she yeah. can teach him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her trying to figure out the logistics of what their life is going to be like after this is pretty interesting. Because she's like, well, I guess we have to leave. Or like, oh, maybe we don't. You know, it's still Brahm's head. Mm -hmm. and nobody might question that his body is completely different. Or the fact that he can no longer speak <clears throat> English. Yeah. German. And has a giant scar across his neck. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, nobody's going to question his sudden German accent. Mm 
you know, winter is coming, you know, we'll just stay in his house and I'll tell everybody that he's sick and I'm taking care of him. There you go. And it worked. Well, actually, does it work? We don't get an epilogue in this. We don't know. We don't get an epilogue. I'm going to assume it all turns out all right. I, I think that's a fair assumption. It kind of it turned out all right for Katrina. So mm-hmm. seems probably fair. I think there is a continuation of the story on her Patreon. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, um, a, a little epilogue would have been nice, but mm-hmm. I'm still okay with what we got. Yeah. For such a short story, we got a lot in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we did. Mm, is there anything else you want to say about this one? Um, I don't think so. Is there anything you want to say? No, I don't think so. I really liked this story. Me too. I like um the author we did we cover she did morning glory milking farm didn't she yes i love this author she writes great stories yeah she has a wolf shifter one i believe where the male character um is called good boy and has a praise king oh she has another it's like a darker romance called run rabbit run and it's about wolf shifters too oh i haven't read yeah. And then she just released a new one and that I haven't read. I just saw it. It's called like Tea for Two or something. And I was looking around on her Patreon page last night because she's got like a couple of things that are free. And one of them is a very not safe for work picture of the Minotaur and his giant cock in the female lead in that story. <laughs> oh, and you didn't send it to me? Well, I was on my iPad. I couldn't screenshot oh. it and send it to you. Um, I'll see if I can find it on that one. You can, if you go to the Patreon link at the end of the story, it'll be there. It'll be there. Um, you just had to click off to the side, but um, I I will say this: the scale of the Minotaur and his giant penis is much larger than I was imagining. <laughs> Um, I would be concerned. Yeah, I like it. Um, okay. Do you have any quotes? No, I don't think so. Do you? Yeah. Um, so I have literate women were dangerous, knowing their letters would lead young girls to treacherous thoughts, licentious behavior, and cohorting with the devil himself. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. Sometimes you cohort. <laughs> i've got a you know i've got an appointment scheduled with the, with the devil a little later today yeah to talk about um some of my treacherous thoughts oh boy yeah well make sure <laughs> you don't read too much yep or maybe do read a lot <laughs> read everything you can get mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I don't know. I love that. It it does make me furious to think about the way that education has been used against women to keep them tethered. Yeah. To men. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that wraps up Hollow by 
M. Nascosta. Uh, join us next time. We'll be discussing the new book by Jennifer L. Armentrout. So it's called A Fire in the Flesh. Um, that comes out on Halloween. So again, happy Halloween. Um, and we'll be discussing that one in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.